Hey everybody, happy Monday to all of you out there. Uh, we will be discussing in today's episode of the Docs Sportscast a little bit of NFL talk. Uh, you know, we covered a lot with the NBA recently. Figured we'd take one episode, talk about the NFL um, and kind of a trend or a philosophy that we're seeing out there. Uh, spearheaded by Aurora, who is the two-year-old dachshund on the cover out of the podcast. She's a big reason for a lot of the content here. She's very opinionated. And uh, she likes to have us share her opinions out there with the world. So, that being said, we will chat just a second about NBA playoffs. At the time of this recording, um, the Atlanta Hawks are up pretty big on the Philadelphia 76ers with Joel Embiid coming back. A little bit of a surprise there. Um, I would expect that to change over time. Uh, Philadelphia doesn't do a good job of making adjustments to their roster, their game plan, things like that. So, you know, we saw for the first game that Joel Embiid was out, they got beat by the Wizards. Then they adjusted and they were fine. Now they're adjusting to having him back in the lineup. I anticipate that that will get fixed and they will be more competitive going into the series starting in game two. And then Brooklyn Nets played against the uh, Boston Celtics, or not the Boston Celtics, sorry, Milwaukee Bucks. I'm stuck in the first round, guys, sorry. Uh, so Milwaukee Bucks uh, played up against the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets won. Um, you know, Aurora and I obviously said that we thought that Milwaukee would punch them in the mouth, um, you know, really get up on them. And they did not. They did not. Now, interestingly enough, James Harden did go out early in that game. We'll see how that changes some of the offense. I believe that that will thoroughly, thoroughly change this series. Um, you know, you might not have saw it in that game, but as we have seen many times, it just seems like two players uh, can't really do what a big three was supposed to do because you just don't have the role players to come in and step up. So we'll see what happens. I think it'll get a little more even as the series goes on. And... Yeah, that's our thoughts. So we'll see what happens there. And then at the time of this recording, um, obviously the Clippers and the Mavericks have not played yet. So we will stay tuned to see what happens there. It, it's crazy going back and forth with that series. Um, I think that the Clippers will end up pulling it out tonight. I just feel like they have two clutch players as opposed to one for the Mavericks. So... I just really see them pulling it out. Now, hopefully the Mavericks win. I'm rooting for them. I'm a Mark Cuban fan. I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. Um, you know, it's not my favorite team but by any means, but I like Luka. I like what he's doing. I like Mark Cuban, so we'll see what happens in that series. Uh, rooting for Dallas, but I, I do think that Clippers will edge them out. It should end up being a close game overall, though. So, to today's talk, Awara actually created uh, today's episode without realizing it. The other day, she was, well, she was walking through the house, okay, uh, as she typically does with her little pitter-patter on the hardwood, um, you know, her little, uh, her little pantalone uh, fur swishing back and forth as she walks, and she was uh, talking about how divorce is such a good thing. And this really, really concerned me and Aurora's mother. Um, you know, we were just floored with that like aurora like how dare you say that that's not okay like do you think that we're gonna like do you think something's wrong with us like or do you think we're gonna divorce like that's not gonna happen we were concerned you know for her mental well-being you know because she thought apparently she thought we were gonna divorce and she explained that that was not the case um she said that she uh had studied multiple quarterback divorces uh over the last few days in preparation for developing her team that she wants to start in the NFL expansion franchise known as the Flashing Wieners. Um, 
So she's very excited to start that franchise. And in light of it, she did study a lot with the NFL. And one of the things that she saw was multiple quarterback divorces over time. And that's what she was talking about. Not anything with me and her mother, which is good because I was worried her mom was having divorce talks behind her back. And I had no clue what was going on there. So uh, she did rectify the situation. My stress is down a little bit. Uh, but I did go and end up buying my wife flowers anyway, just to make sure that, you know, this wasn't happening. So, sent us for a little bit of a scare. However, into today's talk, we will talk about some of those quarterback divorces. We'll talk about some of the reasons that she says that quarterback divorces are good and some reasons that they are bad and some situations as to why these things happen. As we are seeing right now with Aaron Rodgers and some of these other quarterbacks, um, it just seems like some divorces from their team are coming right around the corner and we wanted to kind of dive into that and see what's the right time to do this uh, because some franchises have clearly done this pretty well. So when to divorce? When a franchise quarterback is aging and you have promising talent on offense with a draft pick available for a good quarterback. Okay, This doesn't have to be the number one quarterback in the draft. It doesn't have to be the number two quarterback in the draft. You can get a quarterback much later in the draft, as we will see from some of these quarterbacks that were taken. And it will change the franchise. It's a good time to actually divorce that quarterback. You take a look at it. The Chargers with Phillip Rivers, okay? They took it, they divorced Phillip Rivers. You know, they were married to him for, for quite some time there. And when that divorce happened, they went to Justin Herbert. Actually, well, they went to Tyrod Taylor, but they had Justin Herbert right there ready to go once Tyrod Taylor was, you know, once Tyrod Taylor got injured. And that franchise, I think, flourished from where they expected to be, right? You, you know that you're going to have somewhat of a down year. You know, you kind of expect that. If you don't, I mean, you're lucky. Um, but you typically expect a little bit of a down year when you divorce from a franchise quarterback, even in the best case scenario. And this is one of those best case scenarios. They divorced from Phillip Rivers, and now they have Justin Herbert waiting in the wings. But here's the thing with Justin Herbert. What did he have? He came in with Keenan Allen, a great veteran. Mike Williams, who's an athletic wide receiver, you know, was thought to maybe be a tight end or wide receiver mix when he came in the league. I mean, guys, guys got, you know, just a crazy, insane uh, physique to be able to go out there and do a wide receiver role. And then, um, you know, and Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler plays great at the running back. He's a really great pass-catching running back. And they have a strong defense to support Justin Herbert, right? Those three factors will allow you to divorce a franchise quarterback later in his years and be able to pick up with the same success fairly quickly, okay? And that's what I believe the Chargers have done here. Now, it does it is it does suck for them. They're in, you know, the same conference as some pretty big teams, as we all are aware of. Uh, but I think that uh, they are in a great situation moving forward because of this. So again, good, strong wide receiver talent from a standpoint of, you know, mix of veterans, young guys, but proven. And a uh, decent pass-catching running back, that's not a huge factor, but that he does have that, and then a good defense to back him up, right? So mainly two factors, the wide receivers and the defense has allowed Justin Herbert to have a great situation there. The Indianapolis Colts, when you look back at Peyton Manning, they were married to him for such a long time as well, similar to the Chargers and Phillip Rivers. When they decided to divorce from Peyton Manning, they had a great opportunity. 
They had a high draft pick because of the Colts really struggling when Peyton was out for an entire season with neck injury. Andrew Luck was their draft pick. They came in and had a strong defense. Um, you know, it wasn't like the best, but it was a strong defense. And they had some great pass-catching wide receivers out there that Peyton Manning had really helped mature. So, again, wide receiver play, defensive play, that was the key to success, and the Colts continued succeeding until Andrew Luck decided to, surprisingly to everyone, kind of end his his career. Kansas City Chiefs went from Alex Smith, great veteran quarterback, aging a little bit. You know what? Let's go with the young gun. He went in there for one game, played pretty well. I think he can do it. Well, guess what? He's got the best weapons in the league. He had a strong defense at the time. At that time, Alex Smith had a good defense with the Chiefs. And so he was able to come into there, get comfortable, get familiar with the NFL, the playing speed, the offenses, things like that. And then he succeeded, right? So again, it's the wide receiving, it's the receiving talent, and it's a defense that can that can hold their ground. So Packers went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, okay? Now, this was a bit of a messy situation with the, you know, Brett Favre retiring, coming back from retirement, all those types of things. It was a little bit of a messy situation there, but Rodgers was right there waiting in the wings. And so here's the thing. You can divorce your quarterback when you select the the rookie quarterback, okay? And the, and these things have happened with, you know, Peyton Manning and Phillip Rivers. They got lucky enough to get a strong quarterback when they divorced from their starting, you know, their, their franchise quarterback. However, just as regular divorces happen, um, not every divorce is something that is a spur-of-the-moment thing. It's something that may be planned out, and maybe you have another suitor sitting there in the wings waiting for you that you've kind of been cultivating and, you know, getting ready to take on that that marriage with you after the divorce, which for those of you who have done that, I'm very disappointed. You know, I think you always just rip the Band-Aid off as soon as you can. But anyway, not getting into the personal lives here. The Packers did just that. The Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. They had him waiting in the wings, ready to go. And they were kind of, you know, dating around with him. You know, they were dating him. They were, you know, having stints with him there, cultivating him. And Brett Favre kind of knew what was going on, but he was holding on. And then finally, all right, we're done. We're divorcing you. And then Aaron Rodgers stepped in and great situation for the Packers. The Cincinnati Bengals, they divorced from Andy Dalton, right? And Andy Dalton, you know, by no means is he like a lock for a Hall of Fame quarterback or anything like that, like some of these other ones. But he was a decent quarterback for them, um, you know, led them to the playoffs many times and, and had some good successes there. And they finally divorced from him, and they went with Joe Burrow, okay? Now, this was not ultimately planned. It was it was kind of more of a spurt of the moment, like, all right, well, we got a chance to get Joe Burrow. Let's go get him, and let's get rid of Andy Dalton. So that divorce was more a spur of the moment. Then you had another one where the divorce was kind of planned out. You know, Flacco, had, Joe Flacco with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he won the Super Bowl with them, uh, obviously great quarterback at that time, but he fizzled out quite a bit afterward. And so that fizzle out um, really just took all the spark out of the relationship, right? You know, all the fireworks, all the chemistry, it was gone. And, uh, you know, they drafted Lamar Jackson late in the draft, okay? So, you know, kind of sat there in the wings. Nobody really thought this would be a serious thing, but all in all, it was a serious relationship going on there. And when they divorced from Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson was sitting there ready to, to ready to take the ring and say I do to this franchise. So now Lamar Jackson is there and the Baltimore Ravens are back to being a 
you know, a top, you know, premium contender right now. So that's really, really good for them. So these are the times, again, if you look at this, you know, it's got it's times that guys had good wide receiver play, they had a good defense, uh, things like that. That has helped in all of these situations here. Now, the other scenario here, you know, that that's really the premium time to divorce. But if you wanted to, Aurora and myself, we really like Seinfeld. And we, we watched Seinfeld a while back, and one of the episodes talked about how Jerry and Elaine uh, were waiting out a marriage, okay? Now, for those of you who don't know what waiting out a marriage is, that means that, you know, there's someone that's married. You really want to be with that person. You think they're amazing, they're awesome, and you want them for yourself. And you just think that the marriage isn't going to work. So you decide not to date, not to be with anyone, not to get in a serious relationship, because you're going to sit there and wait for their marriage to crumble. And when it does, you're going to be there. You're going to be there for them. And, uh, yeah, pick up the pieces. So waiting out the marriage can be fruitful for NFL teams. Okay, think about it. It can be it can be very fruitful for them because it gives them an exciting one or two season stand with these quarterbacks. You know, so you know, with a you know, with the marriage things like that, you might wait out that marriage for a long time and have a one night stand with that person. That's what kind of happens or that's what they're looking for in Seinfeld, things like that. However, in the NFL, it's a similar thing. You might get a one or two exciting season with those quarterbacks after they get divorced from their team you know you might get you know some excitement some renewed vigor and things like that into your franchise and that's what happens quite a bit so we've seen that um the two primary ones we're going to talk about is the broncos so as we talked about the colts divorced from peyton manning they moved on and when they did peyton manning went to the broncos well what happened the broncos took that and said all right we're got it we got a top contender here he's gonna we're gonna marry this person we're gonna not marry this person but you know we're gonna take this person they just got divorced and we're gonna we're gonna elevate them we're gonna make them feel awesome we're gonna make them feel amazing because we've been waiting waiting to get someone like that okay so they did so now peyton manning is playing for them they go out in the first season there and boom they go out they win a super bowl amazing right amazing for the city Buccaneers, same thing with Tom Brady, okay? Um, and think about it. The Broncos had an amazing defense when Peyton Manning went there. They also had some great wide receiver play at that time. Demarius Thomas was a beast, okay? So they had really good wide receivers, and they had a good defense. Again, if you have a good defense, you have wide receivers, you can plug in good to decent quarterbacks and win Super Bowls. You can really compete. The Buccaneers did the same thing. They had a strong defense that they built, and they really flourished last season in the, in the postseason. And that's what led the the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady knew it. Tom Brady knew, all right, I'm going here. I'm going to have you know a one or two season stand with this team. I'm going to go down there to Florida and get me some spicy Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, right? So what did he do? He brought some familiar people in. He brought his friends with him to help support that relationship that he now had. So he brought Antonio Brown with him. He brought Rob Gronkowski. So those were his wingmen, okay, throughout this entire Super Bowl run last year. And that's what happened. They already had two great wide receivers. They added a great tight end. They added a great wide receiver as well. And the good defense allowed them to win a Super Bowl. So if you're a franchise, you're struggling, but you're not really at that level of getting a number one pick, or you're not at that level of being able to go out and get a top quarterback in the draft, okay, 
you can wait out one of these marriages. You can wait it out and see who you get. Okay? You can really do that. Um, so, yeah, think about it sometimes with your team. Like, is there a marriage you want them to wait out? Is there a, t is there a player on team that you're like, you know what? Pretty soon, they're probably going to ship him out. What can we do there? You know? And then there's the idea of it's not you, it's me. Right? This is a situation where a quarterback is playing for a team and he struggles, right? He doesn't do well. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know what? We've been married to you for a little while now. It's just not working. It's not you. It's us. Go ahead and leave. Well, unbeknownst to the franchise, they think that they're lying, but they're really not. And the situation for here is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill played in Miami for many, many years with the Miami Dolphins. And guess what? It wasn't Ryan Tannehill's fault that they did not play well. It was the franchise's fault. It was Miami Dolphins' fault because he goes to Tennessee and what happens? He plays amazing football at quarterback, right? They've got a great scheme for him. It's set up perfect and exactly how he likes to play and the offenses he likes a lot the offense he likes to run. So now Ryan Tannehill's comfortable. He's playing like a top ten quarterback in the league. I mean, that's great. So that's one of those situations where you know what? It wasn't you. It was the franchise. So those are things to think about as well. When you have a quarterback that comes in, everybody said that about Jameis Winston when he first came in the league. Oh, it's not you, it's us. Well, Jameis Winston has left Tampa Bay, and he's still shown that he's pretty pretty garbage. Um, so don't always think that that will happen, but there's situations right now that you know we hope here at DocsCast, uh, Doc Sportscast, that there are some people going through that situation as well. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So thinking about this, right? Thinking about the whole concept of, you know, the metaphor of divorces, relationships with quarterbacks and players, things like that. Here's the thing that we also correlated. And, you know, I told Aurora she needs to go into some um, therapy courses, things like that, and become a therapist because she really understands a lot of these things. And she came up with the idea and the concept of denial is the worst stage and missing the window hurts your chance to find a suitor, right? So if you have a good chance to divorce the quarterback, if you're in a good place to divorce them, and you're in denial thinking that, no, this person's still great, we can still make it work, this marriage can still get us to a Super Bowl and make us super happy, if you're in denial about that and you miss your window, it can really, really hurt down the line and hurt your franchise, right? And one of these situations would be well, we have three of them here. So, New York Giants with Eli Manning, you know, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, you know, in those seasons, they didn't even get six wins, right? The team lost talent over those years. Uh, the defense started to diminish. Um, some of their wide receiver play, you know, they moved on to other places. And, you know, because of that, it wasn't really a prime fitting anymore for a new quarterback to come in and just, boom, take over. Right, so Daniel Jones has struggled. Um, I think that the defense is getting a bit better, um, and hopefully the wide receivers they brought in this year can make it, you know, better for him uh, when he comes in uh, to the, to the upcoming season, and hopefully he can get his footing. But you know, it it's way too often that these young quarterbacks are tried to, you know, they're brought into the league and they they try to make them ready and and competitive uh, right away. Um, but again, if you don't have a strong defense and good wide receiver play, proven wide receiver play, 
you're just not going to have it. You know, you're not going to have a guy come out and do all that well. Um, offensive line, yeah, definitely is a thing. But, you know, the defense and the wide receivers is, is also a factor there. You know, you look at someone like Sam Darnold. I mean, that's a guy that, again, is similar to Ryan Tannehill. I mean, like, what do you what'd you give him? You know, did they have a good defense? Like, what's going to help there? You know? Um, so that's the thing is, you know, someone like Eli Manning, yeah, he was there. But I think he missed that window. I think you need to move on from him a bit earlier when it was a time that a quarterback could come in and get right right away. Um Miami Dolphins did the same thing, Dan Marino. Um, yeah, they didn't draft a high quarterback later in his career. Uh, not to say that they should have divorced Dan Marino or anything like that. He played very well up in his years, but they didn't have any backup. They never planned it. That should have been something that just the franchise did, just like with Brett Favre. They should have had someone drafted waiting in the wings, a strong backup waiting in the wings, right? I think they drafted someone in like the seventh round or something like that, sixth or seventh round. And and that person just really wasn't ready to really come in and compete. So, um, you know, the strong team kept, uh, like, they had a really strong team, really strong team when Marino retired. And that team allowed them to stay competitive for two or three years. But, I mean, then the floor dropped out because you didn't have a quarterback to rely on. And then all of a sudden we got into the era that we're still in of the Miami Dolphins. Now that might change. They've got a great defense right now. They brought in some good, some decent wide receivers there for Tua Tungavailoa, but I don't believe in him. I don't think he's going to do all that well. So um, if you're the Miami Dolphins fans, you're listening to this, I'm just telling you bunker down because it's probably not going to go well. I don't believe in him to be a solid, consistent quarterback from a pure quarterback standpoint. I think he's going to, you know, have to rely on his legs way too much. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to develop into a passing quarterback, and you could really struggle still for as a franchise if that is the case. The other scenario here of denial was the Drew Brees situation, okay? Last season with New Orleans, many people can argue, okay? Not that I would argue this, but many people can argue that they couldn't make it further in the postseason due to Drew Brees' limits, right? Because of his age. And that's absolutely something to acknowledge. It's absolutely something to think. It's it's not wrong for you to think those things. You know, people would say the same thing if Tom Brady didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Like, oh, well, he's older. Of course, he's not going to perform as well. So it doesn't matter how he performed, what he did. It's always something that's kind of a scapegoat for the media and fans to say and think about players. So that is one where, again, they didn't have a strong candidate. They brought in Jameis Winston. He's no strong candidate. Taysom Hill is not a pure quarterback. So here's the thing. They may come out and be really good again this season. Who knows? They might. But if they don't, this will be another one of those where denial could have caused them to miss their window and have the franchise go downhill. So we'll see. I think they'll still be a good team. I think if Taysom Hill can step up and play really well, they might be fine. But they're going to need to get an actual solid quarterback, you know, consistent quarterback in there. Um, pretty soon. So we will see what happens. Maybe they have a bad year. Maybe they use their draft pick on a new quarterback to take over the regime. Who knows? Next topic is the current teams who waited out of marriage, right? So we talked about it. We talked about some scenarios, but there are current teams that did that, guys. And sometimes, and we're talking about some teams that it's not you, it's me. So the current situation is Carson Wentz. So this is a little bit of waiting out of marriage, but it's also a little bit of, hey, it's not you, it's it's me. So Carson Wentz had, you know, a lot of things change up on him. Um, he had a lot of philosophies change up on him at the Eagles in the time that he was there. He lost a lot of talent from wide receiver standpoint with guys aging and things like that, and they brought in unproven rookie guys. Who did he have to throw to? And then he had a ton of injuries and things last year that he had to battle on offense. So I think that this could be a situation of it's not you, it's me, 
as well as the Colts waiting out the marriage. Uh, they waited out the marriage for Drew, for Philip Rivers the year before, and then they decided, okay, we're going to go get Carson Wentz because that marriage is over too. So we'll see what happens. The Colts are a prime situation for something like this. They have some good wide receivers there. Um, not, you know, it's not like the Chargers wide receiving core, so they do, they do struggle a bit from a receiving standpoint. But the defense is really strong, and that could overcompensate for that. So we will see what happens. Great running game as well out there in Indianapolis. And so this could be a prime situation for Carson Wentz to come out there and really do well. Okay, so next is the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold. This is another one. He performed so poorly there. I don't think this is waiting out of marriage because I don't believe that the New York Jets really were married to him. It wasn't long enough a relationship for it to be considered a marriage. Now, the in interesting thing is that Sam Darnold could definitely be one of those guys like a Ryan Tannehill of, you know what? It wasn't you. It, it wasn't it wasn't Sam Darnold. It was the New York Jets, and we will see what happens with that. He could go there and play amazingly well. They have a pretty good wide receiving core. They have a young defense that started playing really well and clicking on all cylinders last year toward the end of the season. I think they're a very underrated defense, and they have a chance to really flourish this year as they continue growing and developing. So stay tuned for that because I think it will be awesome to watch this team come out, and they have a great pass-catching running back. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, maybe some of you have heard of him. Um, he's the top running back in the league, so we will see what happens with the Panthers. And then the Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, that's one where it wasn't really waiting out of marriage, but maybe it's a not-you-it's-me situation. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's moved around a couple teams now, and maybe he has a chance to flourish in Denver. Who knows, but they do have good wide receivers. They have a decent defense still. It's, it's not what it used to be, but it is still pretty good. So let's see what happens there. And then the Lions and Rams with Goff and Stafford. The Rams are sitting there saying, you know what, we're going to – we're, we waited out that marriage with Detroit. We're going to bring in Matthew Stafford, and we're going to flourish now. And I think they got to be a Super Bowl contender. I think they're going to be an amazing team, and I really look for them to have a real good shot at winning the Super Bowl. We'll have to see what injuries and things like that and how the roster develops as we get into training camp and things um, leading into the season. But, man, I think this is a really great opportunity for the Rams to take a shot at winning a title. And then for the Lions – you know, they're hoping that it's a not you, it's me situation. They're hoping that, you know, Jared Goff can start playing really well for them and maybe it just wasn't a good system for him and the Rams. I don't think it's a situation. I don't think he's going to play all that well, but they're hoping for that. So then moving on to the next topic is current teams experiencing denial, right? So what are the teams that are experiencing it right now? I think there's only two that you can really kind of talk about. There's maybe some other arguments people might have out there, but the Steelers will have been Rossberger. Man, they don't have anybody there sitting waiting in the wings. They don't. They don't have anybody there. And, and that could be brutal, brutal for their franchise because they have relied on him for so long now. Like so long, guys. This is, it's insane that they're waiting so long on this. Um, you know, and they, and they just haven't brought in anyone to really back him up. That's a really legitimate chance at it. They've got a really strong defense. They've got great wide receivers. This would have been the perfect year to transition away from Big Ben and go with someone else. So I think they're in denial. I think they're really going to, hopefully things don't blow up. Hopefully the defense stays really good throughout the year into next year and they have a chance to be really good again. But 
We'll see what happens. And then Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think that, uh, yeah, they might be in denial a bit because I don't think Tom Brady's going to be able to replicate what he did last year. I think he is aging. I think we could see it as we went into the offseason last year. And if their defense doesn't stay as strong as they were last year, if they have some injury problems, things like that, I don't see them being able to get there. And here's the problem. When when Tampa Bay moves on from Tom Brady, when he decides to leave, who do they have right now? No one. They have no one to come in and really replace Tom Brady. So they need to get someone in place pretty soon. Yes, they do maybe have another year or so, but I'd try to get somebody in next year. Um, Now, here's the thing. They did go out and they did draft um, Trask, Kyle Trask, from University of Florida. And here's the thing. I am high on him. I think he's going to be an amazing quarterback. So if you are a believer in Kyle Trask, like I am and like Aurora is, I think, I think Tampa Bay is in a great situation when Tom Brady leaves. If you're not a believer in Kyle Trask, you probably should be hoping that they go get another quarterback because they're going to need it to take that place and keep the franchise going. So, that being said, we will talk about some news that recently happened um, in the NFL. Julio Jones is moving, guys. We've been waiting on this. We have been sitting around and waiting to see what is going to happen with Julio Jones. I hate seeing him leave the Atlanta Falcons. I wish this was a situation where they could have figured it out and made it work because he has done so much for that city, that franchise, the organization, the quarterback, Matt Ryan. I mean, he has done so much there. He's been a great talent, and, man, it's just sad to see this happening. You know, um, It's just something where in the NFL, they, they need to kind of figure something out. They need to fix something with these players because as players age, as these star players, Hall of Fame players, Steve Smith, Julio Jones, Randy Moss, as these guys age and things like that, they always get moved. They always get moved. They always have to leave their team. Like so rarely do guys stay with a place, their whole franchise, uh, stay with one franchise their whole career. Um, and it's really sad to me. It's really sad because you got a lot of guys that I think really love their towns, their organizations, their teams, their cities, and they want to stay there their whole career. And, uh, you know, they need to figure something out there where, you know, guys age and things like that. Maybe the NFL can supplement some money. Um, or something to keep these guys in these cities, uh, you know, help relieve some franchise tag money or help relieve some cap space money, things like that. Once guys get over a certain age, things like that, um, I think they need to help with that because it's really going to hurt franchises when they can't go out and watch those players again. Now, you know, Atlanta's got a lot of talent and they're going to be fine because they have a lot of talent, but man, it's, it's just sad. They're definitely losing a big piece. Definitely losing a big piece there. Now, for the Titans. Man, this is huge. This is massive for the Titans. But we're not big fans of it. Um, Aurora and I are not big fans of this move uh, for the Tennessee Titans and for Julio Jones. Uh, Man, I can't tell you all the various things because we'd be on here way too long. But guys, Julio Jones is an amazing player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a future Hall of Famer. He is a stunning wide receiver out there he does so many amazing things on the field and i would love to see him really have a chance to continue burning guys but here's the challenge that i have with tennessee here's the challenge they are a run heavy offense maybe they change that this year but they don't have as solid of a defense as they had say two years ago and i don't know if ryan Tannehill is the right type of quarterback to start doing a spread offense, passing the ball a lot, because that's where he struggled in Miami, okay? 
He needs a run-first, pound-it offense. And so if they're going to do that, I don't think Julio's going to get his numbers. Okay, Now, yeah, maybe this does help them from a standpoint of you know having Super Bowl contentions, which is what they're trying to do. Maybe that does help with that. And I applaud them for that move from that standpoint. But when you look at it from a fantasy standpoint, which we're big fantasy fans here on the podcast, we love fantasy, we love following it, love tracking it. Um, we do worry a lot about this. Uh, you know, not only does it hurt wide receiving play for the people who were there already, for the wide receivers who were there already in Tennessee, it also really hurts um, Julio Jones, in my opinion, because I still believe they're going to be a run-first offense, and I I just don't think they're going to share the ball enough to allow Brown and him to uh, and Jones to be able to be like top both of them top be top ten wide receivers. Um, so I think it's definitely going to shake up fantasy draft boards. I think it's definitely going to have some moves there with what's going on. I think both of those players maybe lose a bit of value. Um, you know, we were really, really hoping he was going to end up maybe going to L.A. with the Rams. Um, that was kind of the, the place we really wanted to see him go. We wanted to see him go someplace where Matthew Stafford was, a guy who, you know, was always told, you can't do it, you can't win Super Bowls, things like that. Um, and now Julio doesn't. You know, he, he could have went there and done the same thing. It would have been two guys with the same story. Like, hey, you never won. You know, you may be great. You may put up all these great numbers, but you know what? You never won a Super Bowl. And him and Matt Stafford could have worked together to win a Super Bowl. Um, I think it would have been a great story to see that happen. And I think it would have put him over the edge. I really, really do. Um, with Tennessee, I don't know if I would... I don't know if I would consider them to be in any way a favorite of a Super Bowl contender with this move. Um, I think the Rams, if they would have made this move, I would have considered them a Super Bowl contender overnight with this move. Um, I still think they are, but I don't think they're a favorite. I almost would favor the Rams. I would favor the Rams. I would, absolutely. I would favor the Rams to win the Super Bowl if Julio Jones was there. But now he goes to the Titans. I don't think this makes them a favorite to win the Super Bowl, but it definitely makes them more of a contender than they were. So pretty big move. Um... You know, we'll continue to see what happens uh, as the chips fall with other any other moves that are going on. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers situation is still out there and things like that. But, um, yeah, definitely interesting news out there with Julio Jones. Um, I know we'll be excited to see where things go for him this upcoming season. But, uh, yeah, don't sleep on some of those uh, younger wide receivers out there in Atlanta. Um, and Kyle Pitts, things like that, you know, that those guys are going to get a lot of looks because that's still going to be a very much pass-heavy offense, um, and Matt Ryan can still sling it out there uh, just like he always has. So, yep, that's it for the news today. Uh, what did you guys think about the divorce concept? Uh, what did you guys think about the analogy of, you know, using divorce and, and pairing it with some of these teams and things like that? Um, again, we wanted to look at some of this to figure out what type of route and what type of things Aurora needs to look for when she starts her franchise of the Flashing Wieners. Um, but we would love to hear your guys' comments, what you guys thought. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, let us know. Uh, our Facebook and emails below. Reach out to us. Let us know what we can do to make things entertaining um, here on the podcast. And uh, yeah, feel free to like, share, subscribe, get the content out there to some of your friends as well so they can enjoy the content uh, too. So yeah, with that being said, we will, um, tomorrow's actually my birthday. Um, but yeah, you guys will hear from us again on Wednesday. So 
yeah, we'll get back into the NBA news, things like that now, um, you know, talking about more of the playoffs as things go on. And maybe we do a bonus episode or something on Tuesday, depending on what action happens with the NBA. Uh, but that just depends on what's going on. If there's, a, if there's something super noteworthy, we will pop on. But other than that, you'll hear from us on Wednesday. So thanks, guys. Have a great one.